Today's episode of the Tighten Up Talk is brought to you by our friends at Parkway Poorhouse. If you're in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area or surrounding areas and need a spot to grab some delicious food with the family or just want to grab a patio spot and enjoy some appetizers with a cool adult beverage, we'll look no further because Parkway Poorhouse is the perfect spot for either. Visit parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. And folks, for today's episode, I got Chase Green ready to talk some Titans. Goskowski is a Tennessee Titan as of this morning. We'll talk about our thoughts on the current status of Jadavion Clowney. Is he coming to Nashville or what? We'll also discuss which player will play first for the Tennessee Titans, Isaiah Wilson or Vic Beasley. And we'll discuss my article at chattensports.com about the perfect marriage between John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, and Amy Adams Strunk. And folks, if you're new to us, make sure and go to the site chattensports.com. Check us out. And if you have any thoughts, ideas, or questions that you want to throw at us, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and interact with us. But first... Folks, I want to let you know something. Chase and I recorded this episode, and the audio for my section of the podcast went to crap. And I'm really embarrassed. But I wanted to let you know that we know, so you're not thinking the entire time, do they realize how bad this audio sounds? I have tried to doctor this up as best as I can, but just wanted to let you know we thought it was worth salvaging. But with that said, let's jump back on course here. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and share, and we hope you enjoy this episode. What's going on, folks? I've got Chase Green. Got ready Got ready this morning, Chase. I was itching to talk some Titans, and then the news hit, which we'll get to in a second, of Goskowski signing, and I just, I was elated. I don't know if you saw it yet or if it was oh, yeah. this is news to you, but we just got word. So that's one thing I just, like, we got to talk some Titans. But, guys, it's obviously uh, September now. It's crazy to think about this year. It's been an everlasting year, it seems like. But we are, we're less than two weeks away from the Titans taking on the Denver Broncos at Mile High. Chase, before we get into some Titans stuff, how are you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, my friend. Um, yeah, I was kind of excited here. We got a well-known kicker. I don't know what Gostowski is nowadays. Mm-hmm compared to what he once was, but at least we have somebody that I feel very, very confident in going into some very clutch or tough situations. Right. It's a good day. It is a really good day. Yeah, and and I'll I'll share my thoughts, and we can kind of go back and forth. But but first and foremost, everybody, we want to make sure that you know that this podcast is brought to you by Parkway Poorhouse. We really appreciate those guys, as we said in the intro. Uh, I was able to get down there last night, Chase. Finally, had my my kind of scratching my itch for some uh, for some Parkway wings and fries. But wanted to let everybody know: check out ParkwayPoorhouse.com if you want to schedule your visit today. Um, but yeah, man, getting into kicker. Obviously, we're going to cover some some topics as you heard in the intro as well. I, I, but it, it, not, it has not hit me yet that we are on the cusp of NFL and college football in front of us, Chase. I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I can't believe we're here. And for all those listening, we do have our chat10sports.com slash fantasy sign up right going on right now if you're interested in playing fantasy football with us. So go there and sign up and pay your entry and we will get you an invitation. But Chase, Goskowski to me is a guy, obviously with the Patriots, his his hip, he had some type of hip surgery uh, this offseason. He was cut after by the Patriots. A lot of concern, question marks around what that's going to be, but it tells me if he works out yesterday that getting signed today, that's a pretty good sign as far as his health. Yeah, um, especially 
for a team that needs somebody and needs somebody now. I don't feel like that that's going to be something that you're just going to gamble on, especially somebody of his age. Yeah. Um, what is he now? 42, something like that. Uh, He's getting up there. Let me pull up his profile. But yeah. Let's see here. His age is. Well, I know, like, we saw, I don't know if he's actually 36. Gus Kowski is. He's actually from Memphis, too. I know he has a house already in Nashville, so that's kind of convenient for him. Good old Tennessee boy. Yeah, but you got to love it. I mean, statistically, I mean, it's impressive. 87.5 field goal percentage, Mm -hmm. uh, extra points at 73%. That's one thing nowadays. That's not a a gimme stat, in my opinion. You know, now they've moved it back, what, 10, 10 yards or something. They have that depth to be able to block some kicks or disrupt kicks. Uh, his longest is 41 yards, which I'm thinking of games last year that the Titans had where it came down to a field goal or less, you know, and, and just could not get it. And that was probably a two to three game swing if the Titans had a kicker, you know, in, in that time. Yeah. I mean, what I'm trying to think what, uh, what was the game? Was it earlier on in the season where we had it? three or four missed field goals. I mean, there's just – there's yeah, That's the Bills game. Yeah, that's the Bills game. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we have so many situations where, you know, there's momentum swings with kickers, and we had a couple of those times last year. It's like, yeah, man, if, you know, you knock that down the second quarter, who knows what happens, you know. It turns mm-hmm. the time into – and, you know, in a, a couple end of the half situations we had where we knocked it down and then we missed it or whatever. And it's like, okay, that swung us or in the good way or the, the bad way. And Gostowski's going to be a guy that is super, super, super consistent. Um, obviously, he's made clutch field goals throughout his entire career. Mm-hmm. The Patriots and even in Indy. But, um, yeah, I, it, it just brings a lot to the table, especially with an offense that's not as high-powered, who gets into good field goal position. Right. Uh, quite frequently so now having this option you just feel better about uh i mean i know gostowski's not the huge hitter you know he's not janikowski the other of the nfl but uh you know he's gonna finish stuff he's gonna make you feel a lot better whenever you get in those situations where it's like well because we know Vrabel likes to go for it on fourth down mm-hmm. maybe you hold that back a little bit now having these options so it just makes you feel good about it yeah, and I, I know Tucker McCann out of Missouri. He's actually, I think he's from the Brentwood area or Williamson County area. And then obviously Greg Joseph on roster as well. Uh, obviously, I'm thinking they're going to cut somebody. That's one of those guys that they'll have to sit down and, and think about this coming Saturday. Um, but it's just something to me. I mean, it's a it's a massive improvement. It's, a, it's funny because this morning, you know, just reacting to the news, I put out the tweet just saying, let's go, you know, just it's it's exciting because of how many games we missed and and we could have had that could have put us in in the race, if not potentially winning the AFC South and getting, you know, a better seed and all that kind of stuff. It went the way that it went, but Mm -hmm. here now in 2020, as you said, like this offense can get you where you need to be to at least get field goals, if not better. So it's to me, yeah, there's a question mark still of, uh, you know, Ryan Suckup recently signed with the Buccaneers, I think for like $150,000. So I'm sure he's just 
trying to impress before Saturday's cut day, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of, of I'm hoping that the ghost of missed field goals pass and uh, Cairo Santos is not yeah. haunting, you know, haunting our kickers this year. But it's just something for, you know, you know, Goskowski, you know, the names of, you know, obviously Vinatieri, like you said, Janikowski. And, I mean, he's a guy that I think you just know he's he's been consistent. He's done what he needs to do. Um, so it just makes me optimistic for for what the Titans obviously have now um, in a kicker. But let's 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 move. Chase, I wanted to ask you this because it's it's been off of my radar. I think it's been kind of a quiet conversation because he hasn't said much. But I'm at the point right now: is Clowney coming or not? Because I'm I'm kind of done with the guy. Me too. I I know there's some weird rules as far as his signing, and I don't know. There for a while with the COVID rules, they but now what what's what's preventing you from coming? It's it's almost been too much because I know you and I have kind of gotten a little bit of fatigue from it because that's all you hear about. Mm-hmm. That was the big story. It was like, oh, if we can get Clowney. But now I'm like, dude, are you coming or not? I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't think he – honestly, I don't think he is now, even though uh, with Vic Beasley, I know we're going to get into that here in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. It would sure be nice to have him, but it's not looking pretty. Do you think he's coming or not? You know, in one instance, I could say, you know, he could, he could potentially set up the season. That's the rumor. And even today, um, I forgot who tweeted it out, but basically saying that the his agent is at a point right now where it's just like, you got to start calling some teams, man. It's it's now. Because I'm obviously, there's no preseason. Obviously, he's never played. He's never been at a practice with, with Vrabel at a Titans camp. And nope. even if we sign him t- today, I mean, but you got a couple weeks, mm-hmm. you know, to cram whatever you can cram as far as scheme, or if it's you know Jeffrey Simmons or Daquan Jones saying, "Hey, you're going this gap," you know, you're gonna you know cover this or, or you know contain or whatever it is that he has to get his assignment because he just doesn't know it. Yeah. And to me, and I know you, it kind of transitions you know a little bit into the Vic Beasley talk, but obviously you got to wonder what he's going to do. He hasn't practiced, so is that an area of concern for outside linebacker? I, I think so. I don't know about you, but I, I believe in Kamala Correa. I believe in guys like, uh, uh, let me see here. You got some other depth guys around him. Uh, Derek Roberson's supposed to be coming back. And then Deandre Walker's a guy that we haven't seen yet, but is that a, is outside linebacker an area of concern for you, Chase? Um, as of two weeks ago, not really, but now because I thought that, you know, we were going to get Vic. We were going to have this massive amount of depth. It really seemed like Clowney was coming to Tennessee. So I was, personally, I thought, wow, this this core, this linebacking core is going to be disgustingly good. Yeah. And now I'm worried about depth, and that's something yeah. I wasn't going to be worried about. And, I mean, yes, we we do trust in uh, Kamala Correa, and I know we've there's some other guys that are playing solid. But they're not—they're not clowny and they're not Big Beasley. Right. Um, so, weirdly, it's become a concern, and I don't mm-hmm. like. It. Yeah, and and even with like defensive tackle, obviously Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, those will be the, the I guess the two pins, I guess the two towers, if you will, mm-hmm. on the inside of the defense. And obviously losing Jerrell Casey, you got guys like Lerone Merchants, Murchison, uh, Matt Dickerson. You know, Dickerson's a veteran guy who's been here for a while as a you know depth defensive tackle, but. 
God forbid Daquan or Simmons goes down and and out and outside linebackers already a concern. Yeah. That defensive front, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Rashawn and, and Jayon Evans can uh, or excuse me, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans can hold the middle. Of course. But if they're gonna get run over by, you know, Quentin Jones or Quentin Nelson when he comes up here, you know, it's it's not gonna be something I wanna see uh, for the sake of what this defense can do. Yeah. It also takes away a lot of like pin the ear back situations because now mm-hmm. we're it's going to be a lot safer because of the explosiveness from Beasley not being there, I guess. And then also if Clowney were to come, he does so much in the run game himself um, that it helps a lot. And also he's he's still going to be a good pass rusher. We, we, I know we talked about this before in a different pod was mm-hmm. we also think that, you know, maybe in this situation he could be, a more prominent sacker, like sack pass rusher, I should say, just in general, um, has been because I know his numbers are kind of low for for the the general public, I guess to say. But he's such a such a versatile weapon that having him gives you way more gamble opportunity that you don't have now. And then uh, once again, we'll get to Vita here in a minute, but yeah. It just kind of breaks your heart that we're not going to have a decision in the next couple of days. I know, yeah. I know there's huge decisions to be made uh, come Saturday for the cut line. So I don't know, man. Just like make a decision. He's got to get in there. He's got to start calling some teams. I know he wants this high price. And I was listening the other day that I know a lot of these guys think what Le'Veon and Bell did for sitting out a year. Yes, he got paid, but. Look what he's in now. Like he's in a situation where he's probably first team. I'm going to get released by November guy right now. Right. Um, yeah, he got fat stacks, but he went to a terrible team, a terrible situation. <laughs> and you know, if that's all you want out of it, cool. But I don't feel like Clowney. If he he wants a little bit of a legacy. Like I, I really do. I think he's that type of guy where he's like, oh, okay, I want to I want to play for somebody good. Well, that's what the Titans can be with you involved in it. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like that best situation, it seems like the Titans, but, you know, if he just wants to get paid, sit out a year and take the Le'Veon Bell approach and go play for some bad team, go for it. But Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking right now, like, you know, of other – obviously, Jadavion Clowney is the number one free agent right, available right now. Mm-hmm. Earl Thomas, Larry Warford, obviously Leonard Fournette and Josh Gordon have both been signed. Uh, Gordon this morning is back with Seattle, and and Fournette is up with Tom Brady and and the boys. Um, but it's something I'm I'm looking at other defensive linemen that could potentially come in, edge guys. The thing is, and what I'm seeing with the majority of obviously these players, it's as as usual. Mm-hmm. These players are pushing late 27, you know, late 20s, 27, 29, even you know 28. Obviously, just right down the line. But yeah. then they're getting into that age bracket where obviously the Titans have been documented of saying we want to get cheaper and we want to get younger, which is, you know, a team like the Chiefs has already shown, you know, they've been developing talent fantastic you know, in, in an incredible way. And obviously they're about on the brink of a dynasty just because of, of the youth on their team and the talent of youth. Yeah. Um, but if the Titans have to go the route of you know calling a guy Ezekiel Ansah, Jabal Sheard still out there, Marcel Darius to fill up the middle. I mean, you're looking even at Snacks Snacks Harrison, Damon Harrison, who is 
uh, playing for the, the, the Lions last year. So I'm just thinking, I mean, all those guys, Harris is 31, uh, Darius, Mar- uh, Marcel Darius is 30, Jamal Sheard's 31 as an Ansa. And then you got a guy like Kim Wake. Obviously, it did not go the way you wanted last year. But when you're – and here, here's a big kicker for me with the defense. And this is why I think we've spent, I mean, what, a quarter to half the episode already – or this episode already just talking defense and kickers. But the, the biggest concern for me right now is – if any one of those guys on our depth chart for Jones Simmons, like we've just said, obviously Isaiah Mack, the guy at UTC that made the team, and I'm hoping he keeps stays on the team. Jack Crawford, you've got some of those guys that can fill, but if if one of those big dudes go down, even on the outside linebacking spots, it's a big drop for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we go from having someone who you feel confident in all three downs to, ooh, I sure hope this is the right time. Now, I know coaches feel solid in their scheme and what they've produced, but, yeah, it's a a good chunk of a drop-off. And it worries you a little bit, but I don't know. It's going to be very tough to overcome losing some of these cats. And and some of these older guys, I was trying to look back. I mean – you know, Hans has had some good stuff, and obviously all these guys have produced. And Cameron Wake was somebody that, you know, I guess his time has passed. He looks like a physical specimen, so everybody's like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. get this guy. But, you know, it just didn't work out. So, I don't know. It's just do you, you're, it's a huge fall off from Clowney to, you know, two through seven of that group. Yeah. Yeah, and something, I mean, we can move to the offensive side of the ball because I want to talk Isaiah Wilson, and then we'll wrap around and, and tie the bow with Vic Beasley in the conversation with him. But this this last week, uh, you know, Nate Davis was reported to have gone down at practice with some type of leg injury, and that it did not look good. Come to find out, and even after a blunder of a tweet from me, incidentally and, and accidentally calling out our guy Gerard Davenport, who was the guy that said it, it looked bad. I mean, and to his credit, and Mickey, uh, excuse me, Corey Curtis of News Channel 2 chimed in for him as well just to vouch for him that, you know, he was – obviously, if you've ever – dude, I've, I've been camping. I went, I went camping one time, and I was – you know, we finally went to sleep, and all of a sudden my right calf oh. just, I mean, locked up, and it was excruciating for that – you know, 10 to 15 seconds, you try and reach down, stretch it out, you know, mm-hmm. but obviously it's they're, they're These guys are out there probably on the brink of dehydration fighting that are obviously breaking their backs and he goes down and I'm sure that cramp was like a gunshot wound, you know, I mean, it, oh, it, it probably hurt like hell. That. But, so all that to say, you know, that basically lit Twitter on fire with the concern of the, of, of the guard, the guard position, because Nate Davis, if obviously if he goes down our favorite, you know, <laughs> pro football focus grade uh, you know what do you get a 30 last year mr jameel douglas will be coming in oh, of course they've got some other guys they could move around but are, are what are some areas of concern for you on the offensive side of the ball chase that that people might not see and, and it'd be obvious um overall concerns i could also see this wide receiver group taking a big dip not a big dip but a dip I mean, yeah. you know, the sophomore slump thing's a real deal, and unfortunately, I I sure hope it doesn't happen to AJ because I just drafted my fantasy team last week. <laughs> nice. But um, it, it is something that can happen. I like Humphreys, but I don't love him personally. I think, you know, 
obviously great hands. He's had some success in the red zone, but you know, is he that? Is he that great? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Corey Davis, my God, the most frustrating player. I know he. We also have some topics on him here in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, oh, who am I, who else am I forgetting here? Um, well, I mean, let, let me interject because you're talking about Adam Humphreys. I agree 100% as far as like he's obviously making some money at what nine, almost nine and a half million dollars, I think. Yeah. Obviously, he was injured for a chunk last year. He had the the fantastic, you know, game winning touchdown reception against the Chiefs yeah. uh, for the regular season matchup. But the guy really hasn't done a ton else. And, and here's my thing you bring the guy in at the time. For a quarterback who was struggling, who needed that slot guy who could, you know, throw a, a five-yard route or five-yard out and have a first down, he was he was brought in for Marcus Mariota. Oh yeah, and it's one of those things to me. I know the Khalif Raymond hype train as the as the self-dubbed conductor of the Khalif Raymond hype train. I want to come in here and say, <laughs> on record, and I fully believe this. I believe Khalif Raymond could push. Obviously, we've got AJ at the one, Corey at the two, and Adam Adam Humphreys at the three. I think Khalif Raymond has the ability. Obviously, we've seen, and we all know training camp footage is, you know, it's it's gold or it's garbage. It's yeah. one of those things to me. He's been on fire this camp. We saw him contribute last year. But I think he can push Raymond. Or I think Raymond can push Humphreys, not out of the spot this year, but he can be a good enough reasons that the Titans don't re-sign Adam Humphreys or potentially trade him, you know, that that Wes Walker, you know, Edelman build he's got is a very popular one nowadays with a lot of offensive schemes. So what do you think about that? Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, because it seemed like Cleef just kept making plays, especially towards the end of the year. And he's a little it seems straight line speed. I mean, I I give Humphreys is so quick. So quick. Mm-hmm. But so is Cleef Raymond, and he keeps all I hear is good things and keeps getting better things mm-hmm. from him. So I do believe that that's definitely something we could see more of. And it seemed towards the end of the year that Tannehill had a little bit more connection with him. Now, some of those were big plays and, you know, just good, you know, good wholehearted uh, play action stuff that you send them deep, and it kind of worked out a couple times. But also uh, – it. It seems like he's going to wind up being that third third guy, and that's what they're very excited for. Because no offense, mm-hmm. I feel like Humphreys has wound up being worth his nine million. So that's the yeah. is. we're paying a, paying a guy a lot of money, and just like you said, to be the perfect fit for Marcus, that didn't work out. And Tannehill sample size being half or a little bit over a half season, but you know we'll see. I, I hope. I, for the as a as a fan's sake, yes, you want to see continuity with both, but um, mm-hmm. I believe it's more of Cleef Raymond, and I think you're kind of spot on on that. Well, something too I was thinking about. Obviously, next year you got to pay guys like I mean they're going to be on the you know on the brink of free agency, but guys mm-hmm. like Johnu Smith, Jayon Brown, um, you could free up a lot of money next year. Like we're talking with Humphreys, Malcolm Butler's getting up there, and you got a guy like Christian Fulton that could come in potentially. I mean, if all, obviously we all thought he was first round talent, so it's one yeah. of those things. If if a Dory's going to get drafted and start, basically, not I don't know if it was from day one, but obviously he's contributed heavily, which he's actually back on the conversation side note for punt returning. 
gold. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, but you can free up some money with Butler. Even Daquan Jones has been that guy. But you got to – that's where I'm thinking these guys – I'm excited. And I know we previewed it uh, probably on the – the description of our podcast or on social media about the perfect marriage we have, because we've obviously got John Robinson bringing in the talent and Vrabel is doing a fantastic job of developing it. So it's one of those things that it's exciting that you've got the, the guys who are tied up now that you could free up and you have the guys in waiting to fill the spots that, that, that are, you know, not too far off from that as far as production level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just, we're hoping that everybody kind of works out, but it's it's tough to see. Um, yeah. Speaking of with Isaiah, how soon? I mean, do you think? I know you asked the question earlier. I mean, who 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 plays first if both even play, considering the cut line with Isaiah and Mister Nick Beasley? Man, it's that's one of those areas too on the offense. I'm a little bit concerned about right tackle. Uh, obviously, you've got Dennis Kelly, um, but as of this week, it's been a big conversation amongst Titans fans. With you know, Teron Davenport was on the six one five sessions with Buck Rising, and um, talking about how basically, I believe I don't want to say it's a full quote, but along the lines that it's time that Titans fans kind of table the idea that Isaiah Wilson will be a big contributor or a contributor this year, simply because of his conditioning and. As TD does, there's a great job of describing, you know, his pad level's high, mm-hmm. and you know when a guy's not conditioned properly because as soon as they fire off the ball, they stand up, and their, their pad level and leverage is, is in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Vic Beasley, like we talked about, he hasn't. he's probably cracked the playbook. He's not been on, you know, a field in a physical situation where you got pads on. So, to me – and here's the thing with Jadeveon Clowney I wanted to kind of circle back to, and you tell me what you think, Chase, of obviously if they were to sign hypothetically Clowney in the next few days before the cut on Saturday, I could I could see them parting ways with Vic Beasley. Obviously they're already out $6 million of that, so is three and a half or two and a half, whatever the, the remaining amount is, is that worth keeping him on there, you know, when you could go after someone else and, and free up that money or – I guess you cut that money, but you, you have the opportunity to have someone else come in. Um, to be honest, if I'm going to bet right now, I'm going to bet Isaiah Wilson plays for the Titans before Vic Beasley does. What do you think? Yeah. Man, I, I know it's a tough pill to swallow because it's still what? Say, basically $6 million. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't know if – I do think Isaiah could wind up Maybe coming in for a few minutes in a game one, where I don't, I don't know if Vic's going to be ready. Even if they some for some reason keep him, I, personally, I don't know if you should. Now it's obviously his dedication is gone uh, from whatever. But and I know a lot has to do with the COVID list for Isaiah Wilson, and you know the conditioning aspect of not being, and he slowed down a little bit of production um, just due to being late and being a rookie and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, unfortunately, I think it winds up still being Isaiah Wilson, weirdly enough. And we'll know, as Paul Kowarski said, we got till Saturday to know on Big B. He's on the team. So do you think think that $6 million is going to hold them back? It's like, well, we're already paying him this. Why not just keep him, hope he plays? Or what's your, like, personal – 
thought on the him right now? Do you keep? Yeah. If I'm John Robinson, um, he you know, obviously the reputation with J Rob is he's never going to overpay for a player, which never. some would argue that he did with Vic Beasley and even the guy like Humphreys, like we were talking about. Um, They've already paid him the six million dollars signing bonus, and I think it's roughly the three and a half or three million, two and a half, three million dollars. I think that's that's the question of. I think John Robinson could part with him in free. I guess he'd lose the the three and a half or whatever they had in incentives. The potential of that, or I don't obviously he's not making that yet, but yeah. He's- man. It's a big gamble. It's a. I'm just saying, it's a big gamble. Obviously, he was a freak coming out with some of his stats at the combine. He's, you know, I think he's had a year where he's had, you know, 15 plus sacks. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you could also get the guy that they just had in 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 the Falcons last year that was just not very active in the scheme, didn't really do much. So, I would not be shocked to see them cut him. But I think they would have to have a guy like Clowney come in for that to be an official you know, cutting or releasing. I agree because you lose so much depth when you, because you, J-Rob took a nice little, not, not a gamble, but I mean, you know, he rolled a nice little bit for him. Yeah. Um. So he probably did overpay for what he got for the production that Vic put out last year. But, you know, you, you hope that he can wind up being somewhat, you know, if he's 90% of what he was before, that's what you're hoping for. Realistically, I think you want him to get back to 100% of 15 sack Big Big Beasley, but that's not likely. But, you know, if you get 11 sacks out of the guy, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, We've not had that in a long time, it feels like. But um, you you almost have to sign Clowney to cut him, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I, I know there's other guys out there, but – even seeing what uh, Yannick Ngakwe, you know, after being traded to the, the the Vikings, you know, reworked a deal where he's taken. I mean, I think he, I want to say he's like in the seven million dollar range, but you know, how does that impact, um, you know, the price on Genevieve Clowney right now? You yeah. know, uh, I mean, is that something that obviously, if he sticks his ground and he wants to play that game, the hardball? I mean, obviously, we saw with Derrick Henry that John Robinson has no problem waiting it out and and being, you know, making the other guy the first one to blink, kind of a thing. And that's, I mean, J. Rob's getting the reputation of a gunslinger whenever these deals come because they're solid deals. Yeah. But the, he's structuring them in ways that are so team friendly that, I mean, obviously Tannehill. Henry, as we just saw, we've seen, you know, obviously Bayard, uh, even Jarrell Casey's deal. And that's kind of how it went with, you know, he, he got traded. Yeah. You know, his, his production was going. So just a thought there. I mean, that's something that, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, I think his, uh, his hit is $12 million. Let's see. Yeah, so $12 million is still well below where, um, you know, obviously Clowney wants to be. But yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with that idea. Yeah, I think if Clowney, I think Clowney missed his window to get just unbelievable money, and obviously never as high as he wanted it. But that market's gone. You know, guys are like, "Well, now you're just going to be a hindrance to somebody, whether it's some different coach or however that works." Now your your value has gone down, even though your production may be the same. But now you're what? At least 
at a minimum four weeks behind. Mm-hmm. So he can't be in the mindset that he he's going to get crazy money now, but I'm sure he, I mean, these are professional athletes that have so much confidence in themselves that, you know, you're always going to believe you win. I'm sure these agents are the same way. When you make that kind of money and you're that kind of athlete or business person, um, you believe you can do whatever. And sounds like the, the agent's a little bit like, Hey man, we got to round some stuff out, but Clowney's to the belief that, and that's good. I'm, you want a player that believes in himself, but it's going to be so hard to even come close now to the money he wants, it seems like. And I'm sure he wants a long-term deal and all that stuff. It's like, man, now, now they're worried about – front offices are worried about actual football, if it's going to make it, all that other stuff. There's so many crazy worries this season with, you know, are we going to even have fans after week four – Right. Is this season going to make it? Is, what's it going to look like? Because the, all these front office guys also have to be in the class of being all in on the free agencies, knowing the markets for these guys, because who knows if your defensive line gets COVID and you're out a defensive lineman for two weeks. So it's going to be a really weird market to sign this guy to keep this guy on a practice squad or keep this guy on a roster. So there's a lot to worry about in that aspect. So worrying about some guy that's not wanting to play because he wants so much money. That's, that's out the window, bud. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking up right now on spotrack.com. Um, I wanted to, you, you talked about Clowney's kind of what his market could be. Their calculated market value for him. And keep in mind, he's up against guys, Trey flowers, Cameron Jordan, Eric Armstead and Dante Fowler jr. They're averaging out his annual salary to be calculated at $17.1 million. And it's, uh, I guess, their market value deal is a five year, $85 million. Because we got to keep in mind, too, uh, Joey Bosa, even as a, you know, as a pass rusher, I guess they technically don't play the same position, but obviously they're not far off from, uh, you know, edge rushers and D line aren't, aren't terribly far off, but 17, 17 million. Just seems too too rich for me if if we're looking at John Robinson making that decision. Um, now, obviously, that conversation goes back to well, then why the hell did we trade Jarrell Casey? Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously the money conversations that we could have there is it better for the team? Probably, but here and now, that, that that's I think it's a you know massive concern amongst fans, and we can wrap up this topic here. But it's just something I thought, and I agree with you there as far as seeing what his market is, but just I wouldn't be shocked if, if we are not necessarily in on the conversations with Clowney anymore. Yeah. Uh, so We always talk about how much the belief in J-Rob is, you know, he's always going to keep his ear on the pulse, but he will, he will walk away. That's the, mm-hmm. he's one of the best negotiators. It seems like in football. So we'll see. Um, but I'm with you. I don't agree that he's uh, really that big of a, a piece right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's talk about. I'm actually I wanted to kind of self plug here for a second because there there's, he there's, goes. A, there's a little topic I wanted to get to about just kind of the status of the Tennessee Titans, and I actually wrote about it at chattensports.com. Of how the Tennessee Titans have a perfect marriage between John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, and Amy Adams Strunk. Um, just 
to get kind of give the, the nutshell, obviously go fill that in is just how, and, and I kind of said something about it earlier where you got J Rob bringing the talent in and Vrabel's now becoming known as that hands-on coach who can develop players. And even with the ownership in the, in the Adams family and, and Amy Adams specifically to, to her, for her to give kind of the keys to John Robinson and obviously doing things like the draft and, um, even the, the uniform reveal party on Broadway and just packing Broadway out on two different occasions. I know a lot of folks that, you know, want, want to say, well, you know, for example, of coming out of these dark times for, for the Tennessee Titans, and I was talking with Brian Hager, our, our, our events guy for Chat 10 Sports last night, just about you don't know how – how bad it was until you're out of that area and you're kind of back in the good, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, Holy mother of God, it, it got really bad there. And even Lawan, we were talking about him saying recently, look, I was on the two and 12 teams or the two, you know, the two and 14 teams and the three and 13 teams. And here we are now. And I, he's like, I just can't, you know, he, he was going on about how happy he is to be with this team right now. All that to say, you know, it's, it's just something to me. It presents that, that conversation of, you have teams like we just saw the Chiefs get their rings and immediately basically extending Reed and, and the GM. So it's just one of those things that I'm thinking we're going to see Vrabel, John Robinson here, obviously, for a long time. And in that in that topic as well, that, that article as well, talking about players that you know are being developed and even players that haven't worked out. And, and a guy that I wanted to talk about was Corey Davis because I've been on record to talk about how he obviously going into a – his final year in contract will be a free agent next year of what to expect for him. But a couple of days ago, he was doing a, uh, a presser after practice and the dude just sounded tired, man. And I feel like I've heard that, that tone. I've heard that and seen that demeanor before with guys that we are can now consider not busts, but guys just that didn't work out, you know? And, and I wanted to get your take chase as far as just where you think Corey Davis is today and what you expect for him this season? Um, I don't know. I feel like Corey's going to be a little bit better, but I'm with you. It's not – that's TD and Vrabel both um, – TD got it from Vrabel and other coaches. Corey's biggest knock is his own self because he just – he's so hard on himself all the time, and he knows – he's a smart enough guy to know – hey, man, I'm not living up to what I should be. He's probably way too hard on himself. Like, you know, you're a young kid. It's like, oh, my gosh, I was the fifth pick. I'm not anywhere close. I've had some big moments. I've shown some flashes. I, I'm sure he feels like, and, I mean, you watch the guy. There's there's points in time, you know, he's 6'3", 210, flies. He's super athletic. You know, just a cool guy to watch every once in a while. And then other times, like, man, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're, you're irrelevant. It's like where's where's Corey Davis in this game, and he knows that. You you know that as a player. Um, you know you try to hype yourself up, but they say he is his biggest critic. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get down this path, and now you're thinking, we're if I'm going to ball out, it has to be this season for him. And I think that's very yeah. enough for the Titans because you don't want. To, you've seen what you've got in the first three years, and if he does really great, his market value is going to be sky high. I mean, he would have to almost be, I don't know, twelve to fourteen hundred yards, ten plus touchdowns kind of guy for us to be like, well, let's pay this cat. 
Well, he, here's the thing. I wanted to mention something else just about his demeanor that I was talking about a minute ago, but that makes me think about, you know, for say he was to go out and get those numbers and have an incredible, even a Pro Bowl year, let's say. I think with next year's, you know, free agent class for wide receivers and even the draft class coming in, the Titans are going to have their pick of the litter because there are a ton of good guys that will be hitting the market next year. And I can I can pull it up here. There we go. The 2020, 2021 free agent list. Um, let me break this down here by position. So the receivers hitting the market. You've got your guys, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, let's see here. They're not in order. They're in order by team. AJ Green will be out there. I know John Ross. He's a quick guy, but you know you never know. Um, let's get down here. Kenny Stills, Will Fuller will be hitting the market. So there's obviously going to be some solid guys. I'm trying to look through other teams as well to see what what there might be. Tajay Sharp will be back on the market. Reunite with him. Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, there's going to be some guys out there, not even including. Um, what's coming into the draft. So all that to say, I, I definitely think Corey Davis could ball out next year, but I think we're going to have another Jack Conklin situation where he just, I, he sounds like a guy going back to his demeanor. He sounds like a guy who's tired. And I think he's honestly tired of being in, in Nashville. I think a, a clean slate for him. He's probably close to a guy like we just mentioned. I mentioned Tajay Sharp. He's in Minnesota. Now, if you follow him on his social media, he seems you know excited to be there, kind of reinvigorated. Maybe him and Corey Davis have been talking, but his presser and maybe I'm reading too much into it. But to me, it just sounded like he was—he's just, just tired. He's, he's, tired. Like, he's yeah. tired of those, those same questions about living up to the fifth overall pick. You know. Yeah, I, I hope he really finds it because that's that's his biggest hurdle. Is if he just figures it out, the mental side of the game, he can be special. He really can. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's got he's got attributes that a lot of wide receivers want. Hopefully, you know, he and AJ have really bonded and hopefully seeing AJ's success and who seems to be the clear number one now. And John who's honestly rise to being a surefire number one tight end type of guy in the league. It's like, hey, I need to step my game up. Hopefully he's figured out like that work ethic. Uh, little knickknacks that you have to learn as a wide receiver to be successful. And I, I really hope for him. Because he seems like an all right dude. He wants to put up numbers. He's he's got it. And I keep, you know, I'm sure he is getting tired of the same old questions, seeing the same thing on Twitter, seeing the same thing on every social media and every article. It's like, did we? Because I know you even talked about it. Is it his fault or is it the GM's fault for drafting him too high? Especially in that class when there seem to be quite a few wide receivers in that spot. Um, yeah. And you know, looking at the free agent class next year. There's not quite as many super talented young, young guys. I mean, you got, you know, Curtis Samuel can play, and there's some others. Pharaoh Cooper is all right. Juju Smith's actually an unrestricted free agent next year, but I think he'll get yeah. back. Cooper Cup. Um, there's some there's some good ones, but um, I, I just don't see – most of those guys are going to get re-signed, I think. But you do have some, air quotes, older wide receivers – um, with Marvin Jones and Keenan Allen and guys like that. There's Allen Robinson, um, Mr. Injury Plague, T.Y. Hilton. Um, so, gosh, don't ever draft that guy in fantasy. Um, so, yeah, but I I, I don't know, man. I, it's a tough call whether he is 
a bust. I don't know if it's that far yet. The season for a lot, but I don't. I don't know how. If he does pretty well, his market's gonna be too high, and you don't want to pay overpay for him because you know what you're gonna get most of the time. Yeah. You're like, so what do you think? Do you, do you think? You think there has to be like a super high number, or depending on the market, I mean, it can't be a re-signing thought process unless he just does. For him to re-sign with the Titans, yeah. I, I, to be honest, man, I mean, I, I think there's really no way because um, you know you hate it for the guy, but being drafted in to help Marcus Mariota, I, you, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to bash Marcus Mariota, but obviously it, it did not work out, and for him to play with him four years or th- three years, and then coming into this fourth year, AJ Brown's drafted, and nobody saw him coming with the year he had last year. So, I mean, even with some of the stats that have been put out, I know Corey Davis, his separation rate was one of the highest, you know, in the league, I believe, uh, at least the top thresh, you know, top tier. Um, but to me, it's one of those things, like we talked about, you know, if, if they were to part ways, uh, if Khalif Raymond, who will be a, he'll be a free agent next year um, as well, I guess same time as Corey Davis, if they were to re-sign Khalif Raymond, uh, if they were to, you know, cut uh, – Adam Humphreys, like we were talking about, maybe they could re-sign him. But like we mentioned, you got other guys, younger guys that are most likely going to be on the team that take higher, higher priority. So I, I, I don't think it's it's going to be something that I don't think his his market value is going to be super high for Corey Davis because he's he's basically known for downfield blocking. And what's starting to scare me about Isaiah Wilson is when when teams are noted to have tried to trade down from those picks where these players are taken, it makes me, you know, for Corey Davis, that was the rumor with him and even, as I say, Isaiah Wilson. But obviously it tells me, hey, we're not in love with this guy, but we couldn't get out of this pick. So here you go, you know. But it's one of those things. I I don't think he'll be back, but at the same time, without Corey Davis – you either turn to obviously, I think that the consensus for next year, you're either looking at that pass rusher guy if you can move up for one, or it's going to be a wide receiver, which I think even at the, even at that wide receiver is going to take precedence. Yeah, um, a lot of folks think that, that that Cole McDonald pick in the seventh round should have been a wide receiver, which I, you know, you take a flyer yeah. on a guy to be a gunner on, on special teams, just something to think about there. But I, if I'm betting right now, I don't think Corey Davis is with the Titans in 2021. Same here. But what? Yeah. I, I figured we were on the same page because something about, you know, kind of having AJ Brown come in and just the swagger he brings as much as we as old 20 somethings and now thirties, <laughs> you know, I'm early thirties as we're going to say some swag. Um, but he, 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 there's a way he carries himself. That's obviously, obviously very different from Corey Davis. And that's been kind of a knock on Corey Davis. You know, Paul Kaharski said numerous times of how many times have you had those receivers that are the quiet type, they don't say a lot, and Corey Davis is the next in line, and then here is A.J. Brown, and he's like a breath of fresh air for everybody, I think. So, I mean, a lot of the greats are divas. That's that's the position. It's crazy. I mean, uh, even like – I know Jerry Rice wasn't quite the diva that some of the other cats are, you know, the Pios and um, the Chad Ochocinkos, but, you know – he was still big personality. He's a little bit, I mean, not, I'm not, not comparing. I'm just saying personality-wise, you know, Jerry Rouse had some swag. He had some fun, you know. It's just, uh, yeah, you almost have to be all about me kind of thing. So yeah. hopefully 
Maybe Corey's found that during COVID. I don't know. Hope so. <laughs> Hope he's well, mad Madden and just tossing it up to himself and figure. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the talent's there. And I don't know, Tannehill's talked about getting him more incorporated or kind of involved with the offensive scheme, but I don't think anybody's pushing too hard for that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just my opinion. But um, well, cool, man. Let's let's put a bow on this, baby. And I just want to say to everybody again: make sure. I think I'm going to say it in the intro when we when we get done recording this. Um, but make sure to check out our fantasy football league. We've actually got it open right now at chat10sports.com/fantasy. You can be in Chattanooga or you can be from a different location. We'd love to have you play. But for those that are in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, we will have, as the site says, and as, as detailed there, we'll have our draft party next next Tuesday the eighth. Yep. Uh, at, the draft starts at six fifteen, but we're going to kind of do a social hour. I believe around five. And kind of people trickle in that way. Um, pretty pretty excited to be back there. And then for our fan groups, if you're not a part of our fan groups, at chat10sports.com, find them there for the Titans, Balls, Braves, and Predators. Because we have a lot of plans to get some gatherings in, in process and planned out at Parkway Poorhouse. Yes, of course, we'll do it the safest way possible. We'll, have the, we'll encourage masks. We'll have some hand sanitizer to make sure everyone there for both patrons and staff is safe. But keep an eye out and make sure to join our groups because we'll use them to announce those gatherings. But Chase, where can the fine folks the fine folks find you on social media? Uh, on the Twitters, you can find me at mcgreen423 on Instagram at chaser3050. Also, if you're uh, interested in some balls, man, always uh, welcome to Ball Hall of Podcast. Uh, we had it really me and Mike Pipe released one yesterday, so you can find us there. And then obviously, you can just look on Chat Ten Sports website. For all wonderful things. What about you, sir? Where are your Twitters and Instagrams? You can find me at, at mediocre follow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's Trey Wynn, T-R-E-S-W-I-N-N. Make sure and follow us at Chat 10 Sports as well across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will check you next time.